is officially Friday. We are officially back on our new day, officially. My name is Cage DePaulo, and for the first time in a long time, I am joined in person by my lovely, spunky co-host, Michael Clement. Officially. 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 And uh, welcome to another great episode of First in Ten. Michael, it's been a while since I've got to say this in person. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Back home. Um, this is my first full day back home. I'm on spring break now, so at least we can get one or two episodes out while I'm home. So that's that's something good to look forward to. Yeah, I, it's a lot better too because now we don't just have to plan through Discord and like hope that Discord doesn't cut out sometimes. Yeah, because uh, it's a lot harder for you to cut out for me in person now. Yeah, I'm just gonna stop talking randomly while I'm like to simulate the experience. Yeah, just to simulate that experience because I know how much you love that. True, true. I do, I do. But uh, yeah, we're back on our first actual Friday episode, and Michael, a lot of stuff has happened. Way too much. Way too much. Like, like actually, too much stuff has happened. Where like, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I, I really feel like to make sure we're not recording an hour and a half episode, we just can't go into crazy detail. There's we so can't. much stuff that happened. This is way too much, and also it doesn't help. We forgot to talk about the combine last yeah, episode. It, it doesn't help that as soon as I posted last week's episode, I realized that we just did like completely did not say anything about the combine whatsoever. I debated almost having us record like a, just separately for the combine uh afterwards like after we hit recording when we realized that but then i figured it would just be a lot of work to have to edit it back in afterwards so now we're gonna do a brief combine news update you know it really hurts because Mm -hmm. i mean our the way our original plans worked out um with the combine yeah (laughs) versus what actually happened it's unfortunate at the beginning of the year to provide some context cage and i were planning I'm mm-hmm. looking into going to Indianapolis. A very affordable and uh, yeah. reasonable thing to happen. Yeah, we were going to drive over to Indy um, on Combine weekend, and we were just going to record an episode there live. And what had happened, um, we forgot that the Combine was happening. Happening, <laughs> completely, yeah. This was not something that wasn't a, like plausible for Michael and I to do. It was something very realistically. It was affordable. Just, we did not. We just forgot. We just did not plan it out. And then it got to the weekend that the combine was happening. And I remembered I texted you. I was like, well, I mean, like... <laughs> Here we are, like it's combine weekend, and we did nothing to plan this out. <laughs> so. I just, I personally completely forgot when the combine was happening. I just, I didn't, don't care enough for it. I feel like, from my perspective of where I am right now, it doesn't mean anything. Hell, even going into like the reporting career, the combine will be important, get it for news, but it doesn't matter. I'm not va- evaluating. I'm not a scout. I don't care about. Kyler Murray's hand size. Yeah, that was a big thing, wasn't it? It's always a big thing with quarterbacks. Like, Like, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I mean, in some of that stuff, you know, some players will run these fast 40s or slow 40s, but it doesn't really matter once it comes game time. I mean, so I always seem to just forget about it every year. It shows intangibles, I guess, but like, Obviously, in game situations, it's it's a lot different than just running a straight line like forty yards with no one covering you or anything. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's got to be some psychological aspect to the game that like you can't see at the combine just because there's zero pressure there. It's just kind of getting you measured out. Yeah, that's true. Although you know, I guess to go about it, one thing that I wanted to say was speaking of like intangibles and stuff is DK Metcalf. I need you to explain why. Is he gonna go top five, Michael? That dude's a unit. First he's of all. he's massive. Like he, do you remember Sean Oakman from like a couple years ago? Yeah, he the was guy from the huge, Baylor. Yeah, who's, yeah. Who was at literally ripped? Yeah, like totally just jacked beyond. Forgive belief. me if I'm wrong. Is Metcalf the guy who has like 1.6 percent body fat? Yes, but I've actually read yesterday that some doctors are coming out saying that's literally humanly impossible. Yeah, I was gonna lying. say like because the. Average, average is like 20%. Yeah, the average fat. is around 20% body fat. I am holding on to extra body fat for, for DJ Metcalf. DK is, Metcalf. Is it DK or it's DJ? It's DK. It's DK. I think it's DJ. No, it's DK. Is this the Mandela effect all over yeah, this again? Is the, I, I'm telling you it's DK Metcalf. Throw back to episode two. I will, I will look it up live on the while we're recording. Yeah. I mean, I guess we can talk about Kyler Murray while you're doing that. Which, I mean, Kyler Murray is going to be a stud. 
Kyler Murray is going to be very good. It is. It is also good. DK Metcalf. Okay, I was right. DK, you are wrong, Michael. My bad. My bad. So yeah, DJ Kyler, Metcalf out there is really mad at you. I'm sorry, DK. I, I wish you would be a friend of the first and ten podcast. Like John Gruden. Like John. Go Gruden. to Ra- go to the Raiders, DK. Yes. Do the right thing. But anyways, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. He is extremely athletic, and I think that I mean the combine didn't really surprise anyone when it showed that he is just a freak of nature when it comes to athleticism and intangibles and all that stuff. Um, what's terrifying me, though, and Cage and our friend Tyler and I have been freaking out about this for the past couple of weeks. Why, 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 why? Is he going to go number one overall? Why is he going to go number one overall to the Arizona Cardinals? Who just drafted a quarterback in the first, what, 12 picks last? Lot. He was number 11 or number, 10 overall. Josh Rosen was number 11. And it seems as if the Cardinals are about to part ways with him. I mean, nothing is set in stone now. I just have a gut feeling. I just feel like it's going to happen. I feel like this Cardinals organization is has been such a hot mess the past, like, two and a half years. I could totally see them just going all in on Murray Trading Rosen for like a mid round pick and just calling it a day. I I'm just gonna I I, I can't even that that would be the dumbest okay, thing. Okay, but then you know, say the Cardinals don't do that. Say the Cardinals go with Nick Boza or Josh Allen. Which they should. Who would who should get Kyler Murray? Who's next? I don't know, maybe the Giants. You think the Giants? Yeah, I mean Because it seems like the Giants very, have been interested in Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. I mean, Dwayne Haskins is going to get taken at some point. Oh, yeah, but, but, but I'm saying, like, it seems like the, the Giants, Giants are preparing for Murray to go higher before well, them. Yeah, they should because the Cardinals are dumb. But I, I don't I don't even know. Okay, but Just, do you think a team is going to trade up? For Kyler? Yeah. If the Cardinals don't take Kyler? Yeah. The only team that I could see doing that is New England. And that being said, New England never trades up. Yeah, true. New England so, usually trades out of the first round. Yeah, which we, I mean, we didn't see that, but we last year we saw them pass up on Lamar Jackson, in which the Ravens traded up to the pick right after to take him. Yeah, <laughs> which made me flip my lid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I like we were texting during the draft the whole time. We we're like, it's happening. Lamar Jackson's going to New England. The, I have never been so mad at the Patriots than I was at that point when they just passed up on Lamar Jackson. And I mean, they got Sony Michelle who was a stud. Yeah. Especially in the playoffs. Sony he Mich- set records as yeah, a rookie so- running Sony back. Sony Michelle was obviously a great pick. He was a great pick and I, I didn't question it at all. I, I thought it was a good pick, but I just wanted Lamar Jackson more. And I mean, Isaiah Wynn, he was injured in training camp last year. And so he might come back and do well, but but yeah, we're getting well, we're, we're getting we're sidetracked. getting very sidetracked very right now. Sidetracked, very, yeah. I'm just like letting you go down this tirade of like how you feel yeah. it could have it could have mapped out if but not. J- j- well, bring it, bring this full circle. I threw shit around that night. Yeah, and now I never expect New England to trade up for any well, situation. <laughs> it also hurts because it's just you know at least scouts are saying that this is definitely a weaker quarterback draft class than last year. Last year's was supposed oh, to be one of the stronger ones. But I feel like there's a lot more all around talent. In this draft, I mm-hmm. feel yeah, just because guys like Nick Boza, Josh Allen, even uh, what's his name? His last name's Fan. I know that the oh, um, the I tight forget, end guy. Yeah, I forget. Noah Fan. Yeah, and he ran a faster forty than Devonte Adams. Yeah, I mean this is, is this is going to be end. a very talented draft class. At least it looks like it, and there's a lot of skill positions and good positions that have depth. So it'll be interesting to see as it gets closer. But before the draft, Michael comes free agency. Yes. And free agency, correct me if I'm wrong, is Tuesday, correct? I have no clue. Uh, I believe it is Tuesday, to answer your question. We're going to say Tuesday. Uh, it is either Tuesday, Tuesday or up, Thursday. It's coming up soon. Yeah, it's either Tuesday or Thursday, I believe. Free agency, and free agency isn't even started, but there's a lot of free agency frenzy, as I like to call it, going on. And uh, like Michael and I alluded to at the beginning, there is a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff that we will not be able to go into crazy conversation about. <laughs> and a lot of stuff that happened earlier today. <laughs> and a lot of stuff that most of this stuff happened earlier this morning, live on Friday as we record. Uh, before we get into this, though, I just want to break the biggest news. Uh, Johnny Manziel was cut 
from a CFL team. Wait, did we talk about this last week? We talked about this last week. Never mind, that was I already like, news. I like the attempt of the joke. But well, I it was big news to me. Still, thank you. It's yeah. still big news. It's still a it's week still later. Sending shockwaves through the I, football I, world. <laughs> up until I started actually saying it, I didn't think we talked about it last week. Then the words came out of my mouth. I'm like, wait, we talked about this we last talked week. About this. <laughs> so forget anything I said, Michael. You start us off with some free Let, agency. Let's frenzy. talk out with the actual big news here. Mm-hmm. Um, late last night. Um, Thursday, the 7th, I believe, of March. Sure, yeah, 7th. Yes, the 7th of March, um, around, like, 10 p.m. at night. Yeah, it was, like, 10 or 11. Rappaport and Adam Schefter both reported that. No, was it Adam Schefter? It was Rappaport at first. Yeah, it was Rappaport, oh, yeah. just kind of chimed in. But, um, Rappaport, um, reported that Antonio Brown was being traded to the Buffalo Bills. Big moves. Big moves. And I at first I was like, damn, he's moving into the AFC East, which is yeah. crazy because it's, I mean, it, it just adds I difficulty mean, it, it for New It immediately England. helps the Bills out. Yeah. But then I thought about it for a little bit. Yeah. And I realized that Antonio Brown's quarterback in that situation would be Josh Allen, the mm-hmm. same man that Kelvin Benjamin did not want to warm up with. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean... I don't even know. So it, I don't know but what to think here. Regardless, it, yeah, so it, it caused many mixed feelings. But then the story got deeper, Michael. Yes. That was when, not all. That was Act 1. Yes, when so Antonio then, Brown went to Instagram to well, after, on a picture. Yeah, and, so the NFL posted a photo online, as they do, to yeah, break the news. Break and the what, news. Antonio Brown put, like, the laughing emoji or something like no, that? No, he put, like, uh, I don't even know what emoji it is. It also doesn't matter. But he, he just said, this is fake news. Oh yeah, and yeah. people were like, "Wait, Antonio, like, what's what's your deal here? Are you a saying that this is fake and it actually is fake, or b it's real and you're trying to just you're just being really mad about it?" Yeah, and everyone was like, "Oh, like Antonio Brown's just mad because he's going to Buffalo, which is the equivalent of Siberia for True. the NFL, and like, but in hell, basically." Yeah. It's it's halfway between hell and Siberia. My manager at work is from Buffalo, and he tells me the shit that Buffalo fans do to pregame at their games is something that only crazy people would be doing. Well, yeah, the the, the city of Buffalo is crazy enough to just make their wings as hot as possible, too, to begin with. So they're, they're just masochists. <laughs> they're, they're insane all in their but own. But there comes more to this news. Yes. So, so it turns out Antonio Brown was right, and reports were coming out that this trade was not really likely. It was not really a thing to begin with. It was a closed deal by Wednesday. Like, this wasn't happening. It's old news. It's just a dumb take. Like, all this stuff. Mm. And just kind of... um, It it turns out that Antonio Brown is not going to the Bills. He is not, no. He's still the Steeler. He's still going to be traded. But, I mean, this was ahead of announcements that allegedly Antonio Brown was going to just be traded by this upcoming Friday and he very well could be still well, today and that would be terrible for us because we'd have to do a follow-up yeah but. which would be tough but no see well my thought process is I I think the cover-up was a cover-up I really do think he was supposed to be traded and it, it makes sense with all the reports since Monday saying big news about Antonio Brown being traded Friday big news and that makes sense it seems like that would have been the trade I really do. And I think what happened is Antonio Brown posted that stuff and probably reached out to the Steelers organization and said, I'm not. said, I'll retire. He probably pulled the Gronk card. So then it got pulled out. That is my take. I don't think it really ended talks on Wednesdays or Tuesday. I think that was both the teams just covering the story to make it not seem like it got leaked or whatnot. You know, I I, I really don't think so. I think that that this was supposed to be the big trade and it just blew up because Antonio Brown's a diva. I just want to know, like... I, I have respect for Antonio Brown. I'm not going to call him a diva or anything. I think that he's just a very passionate player. But the only thing I want to know out of this, like, I'm okay to just move on and act like none of this happened. I just want to know what Buffalo was going to trade for Antonio Brown. Because it would have to be, like, at least some talent like LaShawn McCoy, like Tredavious White, Josh Poyer. I think his name's Josh. Um, Jordan Poyer. Jordan Poyer. Because he was on the Browns, formerly. Yeah. And That's formerly the uh, Oregon State Beavers. Go Beavs. <laughs> 
But, uh, I mean, well, that's what it all adds up because that's what the Steelers were saying they wanted. They wanted, you know, a good player and then a pick. So it, it makes sense. But like you said, as as of now, it's dead news. It's in the past. There are uh, the Steelers, though, did get a trade off. Yes, today. this earlier today they uh, sent over Marcus Gilbert, their offensive tackle, to the Cardinals. They're starting offensive tackle. They're starting offensive big. tackle for a couple of late picks. It was uh yeah, it was a late. It was a sixth round pick, I believe. So, you know, they got more draft capital, which is fine. It's, you know, not a big trade. They were clearly trying to clear off some cap space a little bit since they were sending him out of the way. It helps the Cardinals up because we'll talk about it more during our GM 101, that the uh, the new series we alluded to last week when we discussed the Cardinals. But yes. um, for now, yeah, it definitely helps the Cardinals out in a position they definitely needed. That wasn't the only trade that happened, though. And uh, it was actually in my neck of the woods. Back in Believe Land, the Browns traded for Olivier, right? Olivier Vernon. Yeah, Olivier Vernon. The... I'm, I'm really proud that you didn't say Oliver. No, I <laughs> because didn't. Because I was waiting like all this morning. I was like, Cage's going to say Oliver when we're recording this. I, I almost was. And then I typed it up as Oliver, but then I was looking up like some stuff about him. His and then it's Olivier. Olivier. And I was just like, all right, I'm not going to mess this up. Like, the... Leighton Van Der Esch. I've come a long way since our first episode you, you where have. I didn't know his name. Thank you You've very much. You've shown a lot of growth, and I'm proud of you. <laughs> but, yeah, the Browns traded Kevin Zeitler, their starting right guard. I think it's a win-win trade. Well, I, saw, I really I, think so. I saw something that in the past year, I think that uh, Giants guards let up around above 30 pressures to Eli Manning compared to... Kevin Zeitler, who let up 11. Yeah. Yeah, this is, like, this is it. So, yeah, so Giants right guards last season allowed 39 pressures, and Kevin Zeitler only let up 11. Meanwhile, Emmanuel Ogba only had 31 pressures out of 496 snaps, and Olivier had 46 out of 414 snaps. Hmm. So it's a very fair trade. Yeah, it's a win-win I really think teams. on paper it's a win-win. Both teams are taking a a pre, like an equal size salary they're not really gaining more salary losing because both players are on a very similar contract olivier i think might be a little bit more but the browns can afford it they have i think 76 million still in cap space which is insane big money big money big money very big money but i'm excited i mean it definitely helps out emmanuel ogba and larry Ogunjobi. And it really makes their defense more impressive, I think, especially after releasing Jamie Collins yesterday. But which know, leads to that news quickly. Jamie Collins got released. Yes, Anyways, Jamie Collins got released. Go. I was going to say that. And okay. then you cut me off to say it. So. All right, Michael. I'll stop talking until you tell me to. Okay. Um, so moving on a little bit here. Also some trade news. This is probably the biggest trade of the offseason so far. The Case Keenum the has been Case sent Keenum. over to Washington. Which I think is so, so, so funny because out of all the options that the Redskins had, they decided to trade for Case Keenum, who is, he's on payroll for like about like 12 million, I think, in Denver. So, yeah, the only way I would be okay with that trade is if Denver agreed to like pay part of that contract. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, why would you want Keenum to be your starter in Washington? Like, he's very similar to alex smith i guess yeah so like, play styles like being a system quarterback i guess but at the same time like do you really expect case keenum to lead the redskins anywhere so i i i have mixed feelings i agree with what you're saying but i also look at it as it's well known alex smith unfortunately because of his injury he's not gonna be able to play this year their only other option is mark sanchez which I mean, I'd like to at least think Case Keenum is a step up from him. And the thing is, Case Keenum will be a free agent after this upcoming season. Well, yeah, but Mark Sanchez has the Sanchez. Okay. We're not... Case Keenum doesn't really have anything. He has, like, the skull chant because that was his one cool moment of his life. Yeah. But, like, other than that, just going off of those two things. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I agree, but I just feel like it's a safe... It's a safe risk it's way for too, the it, Redskins. It's it's way too safe of a move, I feel. But what's the, the other Redskins. move? Get a rookie and have that rookie, you know, sink or swim? Well, 
not not really that. I mean, they could still probably try to draft a quarterback just to set up for the future, which I hope they do. So then, but if they do that, are they tanking this year? Because they're not going to win with Mark Sanchez. Memes aside, well, they're not they, winning. They have Keenum now, so I mean, That's Keenum led the Vikings to the playoffs and we might be able to do it again. I don't know. Yeah. But it's going to be a lot harder. <laughs> I, I agree, but I think it'll be a lot easier than if they had Mark Sanchez. Yeah. I, 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 I And agree. I mean, they're going to have Darius Goose back. Um, goose? Isn't that you how Geis? Geis, yeah. Darius Goose. I thought that was how he pronounced his last name. Darius Goose lining up for, in the backfield next to Donald Duck. <laughs> Listen, is it really Geis? I was yeah. going to say Juice, but then I'm like, no, it's not Juice. I think yeah, it's I, thought, goose. I thought it was Juice at first, but I think it's Geis. Not Goose? It's not Goose. Actually, no, that's why would you think? <laughs> why, why would you think it would be spelled Goose? Just take me through that, because... Because G-U-I-C-E. Yeah. Not... Not juice, goose. No, yeah, guys sounds way better. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm yeah. tapped apparently. Yeah. I don't know why I yeah. thought goose. I'll take that one. I'll hold that L. I'll keep that L you on will. me. I'll you put it in my also pocket. Who holding that L? Who? All the players the Jaguars cut? Yes. The Jaguars today alone have probably accumulated an estimate of around 29-ish million dollars after cutting four players. Really? Is that how? I didn't know that. They the cut number. four players. Mm-hmm. Um, I think before they cut Tayshawn Gibson, and Tayshawn Gibson was the big name besides, uh, Mal- was it Malik Jackson? Malik Jackson, yeah. yeah. Malik Jackson and Tayshawn Gibson are the two big names from that. But before they cut, had cut Tayshawn Gibson, I think uh, there were was a report that at that point they had freed about... Uh, I want to estimate about $23 million, and then just adding on getting rid of Tayshawn Gibson's contract, which is about $6-7 million. It's, mm. it's around just under $30 million that they just released today. And Cage and I are speculating that all of this money is going to go to Nick Foles. I really <laughs> do. Is, I which, think so. It's going to happen, like... We don't want it to happen. No, like, I mean you know, I like Nick Foles. I want I, I, I want him to I get like paid. Nick, I like Nick Foles. I want him to play for the Jaguars, but I don't think he's worth that like that this much gray, money. Groundbreaking contract. The only thing is, you had a funny theory where it's not just for Nick Foles; it's for Nick Foles and Le'Veon Bell, oh, and then yeah, they yeah. trade Fournette. The craziest of scenarios. That was actually Tyler's take. That, that oh, one. that was Tyler's. I, I, I you should have just taken. You should. I would have just taken it there, but I. So I when give Tyler's him listening to this, he texts us and he's just like, "Yes, no. he's like, thank you for not taking my take." But yeah, who was the fourth player? I know Carlos Hyde, who was also kind of a big. Oh, yeah, name. Carlos Hyde was also a big name. He didn't have a big role in um, Jacksonville. Just because, no, the Browns won that trade. Yeah, the Browns won that trade like a hundred percent. But that being said, like Carlos Hyde should still play for a team. I think he could start on a team. Honestly. Oh yeah, he'll probably get signed to a team. Honestly, I, yeah, I could completely see a team. I'm thinking about it. the Eagles need running back help. Baltimore does too. Baltimore does too. I, I, I would not be shocked if Carlos Hyde signs with another team. Yeah. Um, early on in free agency, although, the, like, it's gonna be tough with a running back like Jordan Howard, who's on the shopping. Uh... Yeah, I mean that was bound to happen because Jordan Howard had a really lackluster season. Which is so weird game. because it made me very sad because I had him on my fantasy team and I I was very disappointed because well, I, I I valued him very high. His first two years in the league, he was one of the best. I would argue top seven running backs in the league. Yeah, easily. And then Tariq Cohen came in and but he even basically la- just did what Jordan Howard did. Well, not necessarily that because two years ago Cohen's rookie year, the two of them played very well. That was one of the only good things about the Bears in 2017. Well, yeah, they played well together. And the, then, but think, then Matt Nagy. It's more of Matt Nagy's yeah, personnel. Matt Nagy don't being, use Jordan Howard. Yeah. I mean, Tariq Cohen is doing a solid job in Chicago, so... I yeah, think, the Bears are fine. It's why they're yeah. okay shopping um, Howard, I think, because Cohen's fine. It'll be interesting. I don't know. Where do you think he could land? Because I, I don't know I'm gonna, where he I'm going to say those same teams that um I just gave for Carlos Hyde. Like the Eagles? Yeah. I think if I were the Eagles or the Ravens, if I wanted to get a starting caliber running back... I would go to Jordan Howard first, and if not, I'd probably just pick up Carlos Hyde for cheap. Yeah, I guess it also all depends on how much the Bears want for Jordan Howard. Yeah. Because they could be asking for a decent amount, which I wouldn't be surprised with. I mean, he's definitely worth, I would say he's worth like a second or third round pick. I think, yeah. I, I'd, I'd value easily. him at like would, second or third. Yeah, I would value him at second or third easily. 
Um, he's just he he is a good player, and I feel like a lot of people forget about it because they like only look at this last season. Where with Matt Nagy's personnel, he didn't really do much. So I feel like a lot of people are just like, oh, Jordan Howard isn't that good when. When he's on the right team, or not right team, but in the right system, he plays really well. And uh, I really think, oh, there's one other thing, Michael, we didn't get to talk there about. There is, but there is more pressing news here. We have some breaking news here. Is it? Um, sent in by Tyler, actually. So, according to Adam Schefter, this is happening right now, as of four minutes ago while we are recording this. The Patriots and Eagles are finalizing a deal to send Michael Bennett to the Patriots. So, what you're saying so is... So, that's saying, one, the man with the really small shoulder pads might be coming to New England, <laughs> and two, that just kind of closes the door and getting Trey Flowers, Flowers back, back, which are both upsetting things for me. That is a very... That's such a Belichick move. Here's why. Because Trey Flowers has, I think, way more upside, is way younger. Michael Bennett is 33, Trey Flowers is 20... He's young. 27, 28, I want to say, around there. I think he's younger than that. He might, on, like... he might honestly be younger than that. Maybe. Tw- oh, no, he is younger than that. That uh, He's uh maybe like 26. Yeah, I'd, I'd say like probably even... Yes, Trey Flowers that. would have been more money, but you're paying for a better player. Michael Bennett is good, but Michael Bennett has a year or two left. This is just what the Patriots do. Yeah. I think it would be really good if they uh, were to get Bennett. But the only thing that I, I would say that like starting Bennett at right at like or um at left end, mm-hmm. I mean just just taking him and not getting Flowers back, I feel like is not the move here. I I'd, I'd say that the New England should still throw that money at Trey Flowers the seventeen million that he deserves because he's such a good defensive lineman and i would say that if they were to do that just cut adrian claiborne and to get bennett just to come off the bench i feel like that would just be an upgrade at that position yeah it all it all depends on bringing trey flowers back i mean also don't forget earlier this morning michael bennett was going out saying he wants a raise yeah so it's going to be tough too because now it's going to be interesting because the patriots don't give players raises we know this they don't pay players Maybe, Very rarely. Maybe he... They're not paying, or at least if they do, they pay their own. They're not going to pay someone they just traded for, especially Michael Bennett, who hasn't proven anything to Bill Belichick. I don't know. It, I, I really don't know on this one. I'm, I'm, I'm a little stumped, just because Michael Bennett's pretty old. That's, that's the thing, though, is that's why I can't imagine... It would be very shocking if they don't at least try to get Trey Flowers, because they're... Lo- they are downgrading, I think, yeah. if they stick with just Michael Bennett and let Trey Flowers walk to a different team. Yeah, I, I really don't think that Michael Bennett is the future answer here. Mm-hmm. It would just be dumb on, like, all levels. Like, salary-wise, like, even age-wise. Like, why would you just get an older defensive tackle that you're paying close to what you were paying for Trey Flowers instead of giving 25-year-old Trey Flowers... The money. Yeah, is he 25? Yes, he's 25. I can confirm that now. But um, <laughs> We're confirming a lot of things this week on the we first We can confirm a lot of things. But, yeah, Trey, Trey Flowers, like, you need him back. He is, I would say, a top three defensive end in this league. Definitely. He's a difference maker. He's, he is. He's going to make bank. If the Patriots don't pay him, he is going to something. I want the Browns to sign him. He's going to make money wherever he's going. It just depends on... If he's willing to get paid a decent amount to stay in New England, mm-hmm. but anywhere else, like he could easily leave right now with two Super Bowls under his belt and in three Super Bowl appearances, yeah, and still make tons of money elsewhere. If it, it all depends on if he wants to win again. True, that that's a very good point. I mean, and that's not saying he can't win on whatever team he goes to. Yeah. He's just, you know, on the Patriots, you're guaranteed at least the AFC Championship game. <laughs> at this point, yes. At this point, so honestly. But you know what team isn't guaranteed in an AFC or technically NFC Championship game because this is an NFC team? Yes, the the, the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so, I, Mike, why don't you explain this because this was your idea. What- so, this is a little segment that, I mean, I think Cage just called GM 101 without really... I just I was trying to name. think of names. We don't have to call it we, that. It can be can, a work in progress. This is a work in progress name. But I was writing the show sheet and I was just like, what do I want to call it? But I didn't want to bother GM you. GM one oh one. So I just yeah, I just put that at first it was titled 
Cajun Michael Bo- My- Cajun Michael's tips for Super Bowl success. I like that. That that was that was what it was originally I called. I feel like that's a really ambiguous name. But <laughs> it I was really, really like it. long. It was yeah, Cajun Michael's tips for Super Bowl success. Yeah. Anyways, this is a little series that um we're gonna start around now-ish, and probably it'll bring us past the draft into the summer a little bit. Um, we're gonna go probably episode by episode talking about or just hi- highlighting one team mm-hmm. in in draft in order. draft order, and we're going to say what they need what they need to do to be successful in the future. It's it's just our takes on how to improve each team around the league. And what they should do. Because Michael and I often say many times that we'd like to think we could be the GM of the Jets. Yeah, we've, we have a lot of Madden fran- connected franchise under our belts. So. Yeah, we, 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 we always, every time we see a team do a move, we were just like, if we were the GM, we would be so much better. Because we would. We would. So this is our take on finally actually doing that and hoping that the GMs of these teams listen to us. And then hire us and then step down as GM so we can become GM. GMs. And then we'll lead their teams to success. But anyways, we're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals here. The number one pick in the draft. They've got the number one pick, and... Hingle McCringleberry is their head coach. Coach Hingle McCringleberry is really scaring us because he... It seems pretty much that Kyler Murray is going to be a lock at number one for the Cardinals, even though that they really should not be taking a quarterback, as we had talked about before. No, they should not. Um, Cage, you want to give him a little rundown of uh, some... Some notable players. Yeah, so I'll I'll let you guys know. So the Cardinals, I was looking up some of the players that they had becoming free agents this year. And honestly, these are a couple bigger names. Mike Ayupati. Um, he was big on uh, All or Nothing back in 2015. Back in 2015, yeah, he was huge. But like he's 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 pretty old now. Yeah, I he's old. But the thing is, and this is one thing I highlighted um, that they need is offensive line, and I think it's smart to at least bring it back. Uh, Phil Dawson also a free agent, but he got injured last season. I remember so. And he's also ancient. And he's old. I mean, I remember back on the Browns before I was even a football fan. That's how old he was. Yeah, he's he's very old. <laughs> uh, Dion Buchanan is a big name. I think they should sign as well as Marcus Golden. I think Marcus Golden is definitely that guy that they need to sign. sign. Yeah, Marcus, That's like, at, at bare minimum, they need him. They need to bring Marcus Golden back. J.J. Nelson and Ricky Seal-Jones will be free agents too. I honestly think you let them walk. They're not great. They were okay, average. They weren't terrible, but they were average. Um, wide receivers and tight ends, I really think that the Cardinals can upgrade from there. They didn't use the tag on anyone, which, I mean, I don't blame them. They didn't really have any bigger people. Like you said, Marcus Camp- Golden is the only person that I would say you definitely need to bring back. If you're the Cardinals and you're trying to actually turn it around next year, the Cardinals do play Michael this, so they have to play the NFC West twice, as we know. So mm-hmm. they have to play the Seahawks, the Rams, and the 49ers twice each, which is super tough for them. Two playoff teams. I mean, One Super Bowl team. One team that has Jimmy Garoppolo now. Yeah, Jimmy, a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo with George Kittle, Matt Breida, and Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. That's going to be a good team. They're going to be a good team. So the Cardinals definitely don't have it easy. On top of that, they have to play the AFC North. The so Big Bad Browns. The Big Bad Browns have to play the Cardinals. Actually, I would say the Big Bad Bengals, just to be more ironic, because I feel like the Browns have definitely surpassed the Bengals at this point. Yeah, definitely. Definitely surpassed the Bengals. I would say they've surpassed many teams at this point. I think point. the Bengals should become the new laughingstock of the league. Really, I see. I think Bengals. Yeah, I'm trying to think what other team. The, the Raiders, though. The Raiders are just comical off the field. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but the Bengals on the field. The are Bengals just, on the field are just really funny. <laughs> are just really funny. Yeah, I agree. They have to play the NFC South too, which is really good. Think about yes. that. That's you know, that's gonna be the. Panthers, I blanked on a second. That's why there was a pause. Yeah, I was like, like what teams are in the NFC? Panthers and Falcons, huge. And Saints. And the Saints. Completely forgot insane. that. And then there's the... Um, Buccaneers. The Buccaneers. With uh, Bruce, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians. The Bruce Arians revenge the game. The Bruce Arians Buccaneers. The Bruce Arians Buccaneers. Uh, so, definitely going to be an interesting schedule for them. I don't know. What are your thoughts? It's going to be very interesting, but at the same time... You gotta build a roster that could actually com- compete with these teams first before you even worry about these matchups. Yeah. So definitely at this time, the Cardinals and just about any other team that are in a similar standpoint as them, they don't give a shit about the schedule right now. All they care about right now is getting the team together to take on these teams that they're going to play. Mm-hmm. 
And the Cardinals definitely have a lot of work to do. And one of the most blatant, I feel, like, situation changes that they need to make is to just give someone, I mean, give Josh Rosen slash Kyler Murray just more targets to throw to. I agree. Because last season, Cage and I had said this tons of times, all they have on offense for receivers, Larry Fitzgerald, who is playing one more season and probably hanging it up, and then Christian Kirk, who was a rookie last season and did well. But he got injured. But and got his, injured and his season was over. And and then David Johnson, obviously, we know he's a talented receiver back. He's just They just got to get him going. They got to utilize him, which I think Hingham or Kringleberry could do better than Steve Wilkes. I, I think so. Um, I, I definitely would think that. But at the same time, that's not enough for Rosen to succeed. Exactly. They, they, they need a line. They need they need a line. They need a line. Rosen like, is going to get murdered if they cannot upgrade the line. I really think that's why. I think the trade for Marcus Gilbert was smart. Think about it. You basically used a six-round pick on Marcus Gilbert, a starting right tackle. I think that's a smart trade. I do think you have to bring back Ayapati. I think even though he's older, just you want stability. Yeah, he knows his stuff. Maybe in the draft, um, it would have to be in the mid round. They're not going to use their first overall pick on alignment. Obviously, there's way not. too many builds and needs. Maybe in the draft, you can look through free agency a little bit. Although you know, with Marquis Pouncey getting an extension already, um, T.J. Lang actually got released. He did by the Lions today, so they could go make a run for T.J. Lang. That'd be a solid veteran guard presence. They could, and they they have the money to do this. I feel because yeah. they they really don't have their money tied up too much as the, it was back in 2014, 2015, 2016 when they had Tyron Mathieu and Carson Palmer and all those people. Mm-hmm. So they have the money to do these things. It's just all about execution, I guess. Yeah. It, 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 all, it also matters is they have to get players to want to come there without having to give them a break-the-bank contract. Because yeah. obviously enough money, you'll get any player to want to play for you. But they don't. Ha- they have a lot of money, but they don't have that much money. Where it used to be, like the Browns in 2015 and 2016, where they were so bad that the only way they got free agents were to give them break the bank contracts. It's it's not like that because they don't. The Cardinals don't have that kind of money, so it'll be interesting. But they I think they definitely benefit in a very healthy free agency and draft this year. I was looking at free agent quarterbacks, and just two of them were Kevin Johnson and Ronald Darby. Think about it. That's two starting cornerbacks right there. If you could get even one of them, and that's just the first two on the list, you could have great pairing with Patrick Peterson. Yeah. As well as just a depth that edge rushers and linebackers through free agency in the draft. If they don't get Kyler Murray and they're smart and they get Josh Allen or Nick Boza, or there's Terrell Suggs at linebacker, there's CJ Mosley at linebacker, you know, Marcus Golden if they can sign him, Trey Flowers. They definitely have a lot of options to sign good players. I really think it's possible for them to make a turnaround. They just need to be smart with what they do. You see, that that, that kind of brings me to my point here, that with the number one pick, I think that the position that they need the most is defensive end. Yeah. And on paper, like you, you would think that well, they have that's Chandler everything. Jones. They have Chandler Jones, yeah. But let let, let me ask you this, Cage. Mm-hmm. Back in 2015, back in 2014, when the Cardinals were cons- had consistently won their division two years in a row. Yep. When they secured the first round by. And did they secure the first round by at all? I think they did. They I'm were, trying they to were remember. A one, they were a one or two seed at one I think point. the all or nothing year they did, right? Yeah, it was like 2015. Yeah. So they did that. And they they had a very good offense of scheme, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you can't really look back and pinpoint that the sole person that got them to where they were was Carson Palmer. And by that same principle, you can't just assume that by drafting Kyler Murray number one overall that the Cardinals are magically going to be good. I think that the most important thing on the Cardinal, uh, the the, mo- the most important position on the Cardinals is probably their defensive line. I think so. I mean, because just back in 2015 alone, they had Frosty Rucker, they had Chandler Frosty, jo- our boy, our boy, our boy Frosty. Frosty, huge friend of the show. They, they had uh, what's his name? The oh. I'm 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 blanking. Oh, um, I Dwight know Freeney. Yeah, Dwight Freeney. They had, Dwight Freeney. They had these edge rushers that could get to the quarterback, and that's what made their defense so effective because that's that gave them the the pressure that Patrick Peterson and Tyran Mathieu needed. And Tony Jefferson. Yeah, that they, that they needed to capitalize on these things and make plays on defense. And I feel that 
right now they only have Chandler Jones. And yeah. Chandler Jones can't do it all on his own because just when you go into a game, teams are going to be like, okay, they have Chandler Jones on one side and whoever on the other side, we're just going to double up on Chandler Jones. So this other guy is going to, we're going to get, we're going to look him in the face and just challenge him to get to this quarterback because we know we can lock Chandler Jones down if we focus on him. Mm-hmm. I feel like if they get a guy like Nick Boza or Josh Allen to go on that other side, yeah, that things will be a lot different, especially if they can land a guy like Malik Jackson just to play defensive tackle. That 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 pass rush will be insane, and their defense will literally emulate what they looked like four years ago. I I, I like with what you're saying, and I definitely I personally think the two most important positions on the field are quarterback and edge rusher. I really think. I think the most important defense position is edge rusher. You need someone that will get in the backfield every play. And I definitely agree with getting someone to pair. And I think that's why if the Cardinals want to get this right, they need to need to sign a top cornerback in free agency. They have to. They have to get someone to sign with Pat Pete because the problem is, like you said, back in 2014, 2015, when they had legitimate runs, it wasn't just Pat Pete. They had Tony Jefferson. They had Tyron Mateo. Even their other cornerbacks were solid. And it was enough where they played well enough where when they had that edge rush with Frosty Rucker and everyone that there was just so much coverage in the back um, down the field that the opposing quarterbacks had nowhere to throw to. Getting just Josh Allen or Nick Boza or, you know, Trey Flowers or Malik Jackson isn't going to be enough because regardless if it's just Patrick Peterson back there, quarterbacks will be able to throw to these good wide receivers because the thing is now we live in a day and age where teams don't just have one good wide receiver think about it baker mayfield is throwing 60 plus yard bombs to brashard perriman somebody who was just bouncing around from team to team good quarterbacks are able to abuse you know lesser wide receivers against in bad matchups and that's why i think the cardinals have to make sure they solidify their defensive backfield yeah, I, I, I agree. So, I, I mean, I agree 100%. I really think if they want to shape up success, they have to go pass rush with the number one overall pick. There's just way too many good players, too. Nick Boza is supposed to be better than Joey Boza, and Joey Boza is regarded as one of the elite pass rushers in the league. But they also, more importantly, need to sign like a Ronald, like a Ronald Darby, like a Kevin Johnson, or one of these bigger names that are going to be hitting the free agent market. Exactly. They... they... I think that if they just focus on their defense, it'll just carry the momentum over. As well as getting wide receivers, too. Like you said, they need skill position players. They need skill position. I don't know too many wide receivers that are in the open market. I know Michael Crabtree, which would be decent. I guess there's Tyrell Williams from the Chargers. Um, Travis Benjamin, is he going to be a free agent? I can't remember. He may. He but may. But I, th- I think that their best bet... The Cardinals, um, I think their best bet is to probably just go through the draft to get at least one guy, mm. at least one of these guys that are highly ranked. I think there's a guy at UMass that I've been looking at. His name is his last name is Isabella. I forget his first name. But he um, he ran a good 40 time, actually. But um, he, he he's one of those wide receivers that are pretty under the radar. He's more of a slot guy. But I, I think that he can just be inserted into any offense and do well. He's, he's similar to Edelman, I feel. All right, now, Michael, to finish this up, what would you say is the Cardinals' ceiling for their best record they could get this se- season and their floor for the lowest, the worst they could do? I think that their ceiling would be 10 wins. 10 wins? Floor would be like it, it it really depends because if they get Kyler Murray mm-hmm. and they don't put the money in where they should yeah i would say i would estimate that they would get like five or six wins so you think the the least you think that the very least they could they could pull off five or six wins i'd say very least yeah, like their floor. I mean, like if they well, had yeah, the I mean, worst, worst offseason, worst draft, like bad decision-wise for offseason and draft, what would you say? I'd say four wins. Four wins? I'm, I'm estimating that they'll win about five or six. Okay. But if they, if they get everything together and they do well, I think that 
their their ceiling is ten wins, but they could easily go through that. Mm-hmm. I I, they, I think they could go anywhere this season. It all it all really depends on what they do this offseason. See, I don't know. I think even if they nail the offseason and they get Ronald Darby or Kevin Johnson, they draft like a Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, maybe sign one or two wide receivers, draft some wide receivers with some later picks. I can't see them. I was going to say ten wins. I can't see them winning more than ten. Personally, I'd say I just think they'll and, still have too much inexperience, and there will still be too many rust in the gears to pull off something crazy. Ten wins isn't bad though. I'd say that the only scenario that they could win more than ten wins is if they bring in Kyler Murray and he's a stud, and then their offense kind of emulates something similar to Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott when they were rookies back in 2015. Mm-hmm. I, okay. I I would say like that's the only scenario that I could see that happening. Yeah, but it's very highly unlikely. Yeah, I would put personally, I would put their ceiling at ten wins, and then I would put their floor at like three or four. Yeah. If you know, if they were to go something crazy like trade Rosen, get Murray, not sign any help, you know, make poor decisions. Yeah. But Michael, there is I I just remembered something as we were finishing up this recording that I need to discuss with you before we end. Okay. So I'm going to breeze by our AAF corner, just do quick, quick blurbs so we can discuss this to finish off the show. So hitting up the AAF corner last week, we had the San Diego fleet lost to the Memphis express. They finally got a win. No, don't, don't, don't go down the line here. (laughs) Don't go down the line here. Go down the line here. Can can we just cut to the chase and say that your legends beat my hot shots and my Atlanta legends Got their first win of the season against Michael's Arizona Hotshots. We were smack talking during the day, and then we both completely forgot about the game. And we were like, oh, the game's on. And I checked, and the Atlanta won. They- no, I, I remember you checked, and you're Arizona right. was winning. Arizona was winning, And then yeah. we both just did not pay attention to the game for the rest of it. And you're like, oh, Arizona lost. And I was like, what? Yeah, Atlanta came back 14-11. We benched our starting quarterback finally for Aaron Murray, formerly of the University of Georgia. And him and Ken Zampezi got their first win. The only other notable thing is the Orlando Apollos are the only still undefeated team. That team's going to win it all. They're just a cheat code. They're just Steve yeah. Spurrier is lighting it up down there in Orlando. And I can guarantee you there are multiple players on that team that will be on an NFL team next season. Here's, now, a, little, here's a little question I have for you. Yes. Here's a little theoretical question. Because I know we had talked about, I mean, off, um, off recording here. Yes. Um, we we had talked about how the AAF was considering adding additional teams mm-hmm. around the U.S. Where would you like to see a team? Well, personally, out of out of any city, out of any area, I would personally love to see a team in Rhode Island or at least in the very central, maybe Massachusetts. That would be sick. If there I would was love a team it. In Providence, or something. I would love it. Yeah, a Providence AAF team that that was basically for. The Patriots, that would be amazing. Think about that. I would go to every game. I, I would too, just because it's in such close proximity. It would be such, and you know, maybe change the uh, the Paw Sox Stadium once they move. That would make the Paw Sox Stadium an AAF look, field. We, we gotta we gotta march over to town to City Hall oh, here or... and get this funded. Yeah, I really think just, this would be crazy. Are we gonna start an AAF team? Now? Start to bring back the Providence Steamrollers. That would be awesome. Bring them back. Oh, my God. All right, Michael. We, I know what we're going to do after this. We're going to write a proposal to <laughs> right. Gino Raimondo. Yeah, we're, but gonna, be- we're getting the Providence steamrollers. <laughs> besides Providence, I would love to see, like, unorthodox places for teams. Like, I'd, I'd like to see a team in Louisville for, like, whatever reason. Yeah, Louisville like, Louisville would be cool. Portland, maybe. You have to think of, though, where they, what team they would represent. Because since it is uh, it's a developmental well, what league. What teams are not represented? Well, the thing is, every team is represented right now. Team multiple teams just have multiple options. Okay. So like Birmingham Maybe. has like the Browns and the Bengals. Like, but obviously, if Cincinnati or something closer to the Bengals came up, then Birmingham wouldn't have the rights to the Bengals. I'd like to see a team start up in St. Louis. I think St. Louis would be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. I think. Um, New Mexico somewhere. Yeah, so, I mean that's close enough to Arizona. Arizona, though. yeah. Um. I'm trying to think we're where just else. Spitballing ideas at this point. Yeah, now we're just thinking. But anyways, yeah, that would be really cool. I mean, it, like we talked about it offhand, off camera, um, off camera, where off, off, off camera. Even though we're recording a podcast, they are supposedly talking about adding more teams. That'd be really cool. But Michael, this is the important thing. Nick Doyle got signed to a three-year extension. Arguably one of the greatest tight ends to not hit the free agency market. In the oh, past you mean few. Nick Boyle? Nick Boyle, yeah. Yeah, sorry. not Nick Doyle. 
Oh yeah, we were <laughs> Nick Boyle. Like, this is what I wanted to talk about before we wrapped up. I the, forgot the, the Ravens had said that he was too good to let go or something like but that. But not like, even just that. Like no, Adam like, Schefter out there. Yeah, they were like. People were, like, praising Nick Boyle. There was a whole Meanwhile, press like, conference for it. Like, Nick Boyle really, like, who, who the hell is, is he? he? <laughs> what who has is he done? He? <laughs> who is he? <laughs> he has had no career highlights. And there were reporters, like Adam Schefter, big-name reporters, who were saying how crazy it is the Ravens were able to lock him down. How he would have been the biggest free agent to hit the open market in years. Eric Ebron was in the open market a few years ago. Last year. Last year. Like, how? who is this I know man? who Eric Ebron is. I don't know who Nick Boyle is. Apparently, he's a blocking tight end, and I also, guess... Also, there's, like, I, I, I feel like right now there is no tight end that is available in free agency that, like, would match even close up to Jesse James. Yeah, or, yeah. So, how, I I just needed to bring this up in the podcast. I need, I need, I need to vent about this. Because apparently the Ravens made what is being broadcasted as the greatest extension of all time well anything for elite quarterback joe flacco's former team now i was gonna say he's not even on that i thought you were gonna say elite quarterback lamar jackson Ooh, he's not elite yet he's not elite yet he hasn't said he's elite so i guess i guess we can't but we're starting to tangent michael yes you know after we spent the past 15 minutes talking about starting the providence steamrollers yes do you want to close us out i will and i will provide our social media because we did not do that um, we should start doing it at the end of the podcast. I feel like we always forget. This is a good management decision that we have made. On the recording. air. We make a lot of management decisions while we record this podcast. We also just just get off topic very quickly. But anyway, if you enjoyed this show of, of rambling and whatnot. Um, Which I do. I do too. Um, if you want to follow us, if you have a Twitter account, we are at, at first and 10 pod the number 10. We um, have our own website. Which is called uh, first and ten sports.com. It's the number ten as well. And then we're also on Facebook at first and ten, the and symbol and the number ten. And that is the same word or phrase or logo, no query or co- title. Title, yes. Title. Same, same title. Thinking of order. It's the same title that you can find us on any uh, streaming device. App, yeah, streaming thing, device website. app. Basically anything. We don't even yeah. need to list them. It's on yeah. everything, basically. It's on just about everything. Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts. Pod- no, we're not on Google Podcasts, I don't think. Oh. I don't know, because really? we, we, I think every other show we say we are. I don't know. On, we, we might need on to my other it. show, I am. It just automatically did, did it. I don't know. We might we, be. We, 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 we probably, probably are. are. We probably, we probably are. are. But like at the same time, who uses that? Yeah, true. When there's anyway. many other things. Anyways, we're on everything, and we'd love for you to share us. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. Uh, to tell us on Facebook, um, for example, like what what you thought of our GM 101 segment. Um, or Cajun Michaels Super Bowl tips for Super Bowl success. Yes, I like that. I'm um, starting to like that name better. I, I like that better also. Um, let, let let us know what you think. Um, call us out on our bullshit if we have any. And see you um, next Friday. Yes, see you next Friday. A, a post free agency episode. Well, during during, during free, free agency. Post free agency would mean after free agency. Okay, for a free agency episode. Yes. Bye.